0: Okay, with Sophia Cleary, one and only is the short film. She is the writer. She is the star. This is a comedy, but it's is it a, is it a documentary? It's like we're watching this film and you're like, is this real? Or like, is it like, is it like what's the, what's the line between reality and, and not reality?
1: Yeah, those are the questions that I'm interested in, you know. Um, but for the sake of being upfront about how the film was made. I mean, we had these participants come in, most of whom had no idea what they were in for. So in that way, it is a full documentary. But, you know, it's we're also making fun of the idea of the documentary. So I feel like it has a little more of, more of a mockumentary. So they, in
0: today, 21st century standards, that would be a reality show, I guess, right? There's yeah. A little bit, yeah.
1: A little we bit of reality, also. but
0: also it's staged a little. It's staged a little bit, but then some people are not in the end on the end, I guess, right?
1: Exactly. And like when I think about you know making when when I've been like trying to write sort of like the pitch deck for this, and you know if I'm going to pitch it elsewhere, I'm like it is kind of a cross between like a reality TV show and a documentary and narrative, and it 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 like it goes in between all of those genres, and that's what I think is kind of special about it.
0: So this is yeah, a great idea, obviously COVID-inspired, one will assume. So when did you, what, how many months into COVID did you come up with this idea?
1: Good question. I mean, I had had this idea kind of, you know, bouncing around my head, probably like pre-COVID. I was like, oh, I would love, cause I'm also a performance artist. You know, I'm a comedian, I'm a performance artist. It's not like one-on-one performances, haven't happened before you know what I mean and, and as a performer I'm like oh that's so interesting to me you know I'd love to do something like that and then when COVID hit I was like damn this is my chance you know or like act not even my chance but the only possibility for what I could be doing that felt ethical and safe um And I was talking to a few people about it, and I was like, what if I did like a one on one comedy show? And I was like, that's so crazy. But then enough people were like, no, I think you should really do that. (laughs) That it started, the ball started rolling. And then it was like, oh, let's do it. Yeah. And now it's like a full blown theater piece that I've also been doing as well. And then, and then the short is sort of a, you know like a visual film representation of what that experience Okay so it was a, it was
0: a theater piece first so it wasn't actually a real No
1: thing. it it was the short first
0: Okay
1: it was it the the idea was it being a theater piece first but then it was like let's turn it into a short because how else can we you know let's let's get it out to more people right. so we made the short and then after that, I got a residency with the theater so that I could explore it further in like right. a theater. So
0: just to give people a backstory, if they haven't read the synopsis, is that is that you're a stand-up comedian, and your uh, COVID is going on, so there's no audiences, so you're just doing you're doing your show one person at a time, right? Exactly. Yeah, the, the full, full show. show. <laughs> the full show. But that's cause that. That could be a little bit of a burnout, I guess, right? Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> so the so the thing is, though, it's like so that what is that feeling? Because I, I know they've had people like it's a good it's a good uh, weird thing where like they had obviously sporting events, people are playing in an empty stadium. That's kind of an interesting analogy where like you're like so used to a crowd feeding your energy, feeding your whatever your your creativity, whatever you want to call it, and then they're not there anymore. Right. So I know there's just one person. So how does that feel to do a stand-up show when you're not feeding off of the audience?
1: It's hell. Um, It's it's so hard. It's when I'm stripped of the, you know, approval of that kind of entity, i.e. audience. And it's just reduced to another person, like a singular person. I felt so much more self-conscious sure I was so much more aware of what I'm doing on stage how my joke might land for this specific person do you like me what's going on in your head what's going on can you handle it can I handle it are we friends you know it's like going on a first date it really is it's like it really uh is this kind of exploration of how you know, ca- like, can intimacy be created within the confines of performance? Is like a question I'm also asking in this work.
0: And what's the answer to that question?
1: Don't know yet. Still researching. <laughs> it's still, it's still a research-based exploration.
0: Because when you're doing, I'm sure, I'm sure you've done many sets, and it's the same. It's you have. Your, I mean, I don't know how many minutes you have, but you do your minutes, and then, and then. a different crowd you're going to get a different reaction wherever you are culturally dynamically how what time of night it is how many drinks someone's had at the bar at the the club (laughs) right like there's lots of dynamics that involve with it right so Mm -hmm. so but you so you're going to get different people laughing at one thing not laughing at another thing but there's something very um scary about that because there it's the macro versus the micro right like the macro is is a crowd of people so that they don't want to identify as anybody. Right. But the one person is 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 that one person. Right.
1: Yeah. And as a performer, not only like when you're a performer, you have to have a sensitivity to your audience but when it's one person, it becomes completely magnified. But then also what's happening is I start projecting what I yeah. think is going on with my audience member. So it becomes this kind of mirroring exercise too that doesn't happen when I have a big
0: audience full of people. So how did this film get off the board? So you have this idea, like, so then you have your, you have your set, I guess, right? So what's mm-hmm. the next step, finding like a director, some finding your collaborators?
1: Yeah, so I um I met Carolina Barlow, who directed this film, and she was one of my first big cheerleaders about this work. And she was like, I really think we should make this happen. How can we do it? And you know, through devising different scenarios and how we wanted to kind of present this, we came up with like a loose structure and You know, with the skeleton of my work and then these participants, and you know, we rented a theater and we had these people come in and I did my work for them and we got it all on camera.
0: So, how did you find the people?
1: Well, some of them I knew personally, but I really didn't want that actually. Only one of the participants I knew, no, one of the participants, no, two of the participants I knew personally. Um, And then the rest were strangers, which I was really interested in. I wanted I wanted to have like full stranger experience yeah, totally. going on. Totally. Yeah. So the producer helped uh, pick those people. And how long was the set? It's around, I mean, in the theatrical version of this show, I do a full-blown hour and 10 minutes, but for wow. the purposes of this, documentary we did around like 20 minutes
0: yeah you have an hour you have an hour worth of material to perform yes yes i do that's impressive thank you that's that's really because you know like they say stand-up if you have 10 minutes you're like you're amazing if you have not over an hour of like solid material that's that's extremely impressive that's very i good. mean
1: it's like i'm a stand-up and i'm not you know so i don't know if it's even I don't know if it's up to par with what other stand-ups would think, but I, I think of myself as like a solo performer. I have a solo show. I don't really love couching it in this idea of like a stand-up hour gotcha. because it's more it's more than that. And there's there's participatory elements, there's a lot of improvisation, there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're doing but you're doing an hour show. You're you're yeah. you're you're focusing everybody's attention is focused on you for one hour.
1: Yes. There's even a dance at the end. I do a dance. There's a
0: dance as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so any props?
0: Do you need any props? There's a props.
1: couple props. There's a couple of props, yeah. but I don't want to give it away. You'll just of course, course that's two I've, two just,
0: I've just I'm just I'm teasing the audience for them to find you <laughs> out, right? So so yeah, that's pretty cool. So then there's obviously it's a kind of a personal too, right? You kind of like tell personal stories, I guess too, right?
1: A lot of it is rooted in my personal experience. Um uh, a big fo- focus of my work is relationships and how I show up in relationships and how other people show up in relationships and my anxiety about relationships or my darkest, deepest thoughts about. When relationships go wrong and how I can get revenge against somebody who I'm in a fight with, you know, and just kind of going to that dark place of all the fantasies we have about reclaiming our power in messed up situations. But of course, never following through following through with any of these fantasies. But I like to just reveal them to people
0: because yeah. everybody can relate to a certain extent. Right. That's my hope. <laughs> well, I think everybody can. Yeah but then yeah. it depends on the level of dysfunction you are like you you can you'll everybody's gonna have that emotion it could be 10 minutes though or if you're really dysfunctional it could be a week or for the rest of your life right so right
1: yeah like my 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 main um sort of premise for that is like Yeah, you know, if we've ever been in a fight, you better believe I've thought about getting in a car accident on purpose to punish you, you know. (laughs) So I'm always
0: like dark stuff.
1: (laughs) I know, and that's really, really dark, but it's a thought I've had. And so I'm like, Oh, I really hope other people can kind of share and laugh in this kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna or the kid that you know is mad at their parents and so I'm gonna run away and I'll show you. You know, it's like that kind of impulse that I'm interested in childlike.
0: Is like using the kid analogy, right? Childlike, totally. dreams, I guess, right? Yeah. And again, you think you thought me made me think of Vanilla Sky. You Ever see that movie where Cameron Diaz is mad yeah. at Tom Cruise's character, and she does this, she's like gets in a car accident on purpose? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Because <laughs> she's crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same.
0: No, but it's like no, because that's that's the that's the root of great comedy, right? Like it's like it's a person. It's there's a thematic there. There's a there's a a relatable thematic that we all can relate to and then they, it's like touching the lines of like how sad or hard how dark you can go
1: mm-hmm. and like to make
0: it funny I guess right it's exactly. still gotta be funny right yeah
1: and I think the more specific and honest you can get about yourself the funnier and more
0: relatable yeah totally because people can really people are like when you're showing honesty on stage then people will will pay attention even if you're showing dishonesty, like as you know probably from experience like subconsciously people just turn away because they're not they know something's not right right yeah totally yeah so okay so how many like so in terms of this film itself so the drug. so caroline was was on board she kind of she directed the film you kind of it's like you said a little bit of documentary style so with like how long did you, did you just do this in one day it was like a one-day shoot
1: if you can believe it, we did it in one day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. beginning, was that was that all like was that improv? Like you're kind of beginning uh, behind the scenes.
1: Yes. Scenes. Yeah. The dressing room work is improvisation. Mm-hmm.
0: You're kind of setting the stage, I guess. Right? That wasn't scripted. Yeah. Well?
1: No. No. We we knew. We just did a couple takes. I, I you know I'm an improviser. I knew what I wanted to get across, which is this kind of like what the stakes are for me for this show one and only you know like doing these one-on-one performances but it's not like it's all fiction right because it's like the stakes were there for me creating the short you know and wanting this wanting this experience and experiment to be interesting and like hoping to god that it would be and then my kind of like I just you know I'm doing something really avant-garde and if people don't get it then that's their fault and they're pedestrian or whatever you know my anger about it not going well (laughs) Um so we knew we wanted to have like a breakdown too, because that's the best place, I think, to show somebody's deep frustration sure. with themselves.
0: Well, the thing with, with this one is that is that if it's a it's, it's a scripted uh thing where if you're bad, if you're like just really bad bad, you're not very talented, then that's mm-hmm. like it, it becomes narcissistic and masturbatory where it's like it's about your your own ego. But totally you're good in your show. You've got some chops. So then it's a different, so it has a different tone. So when I'm watching the film, like, how are they going to end this? Because it's like, she's not terrible. Right? right. So it's not, it's not that type of mockumentary. Right. So where, where is this journey going? I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, we wanted to leave that kind of not open, but it's like the experience is about, you know we're we're, like the kind of insanity of repetition and it's like I'm repeating this thing I'm repeating this thing I'm repeating this thing to different people it's landing it's not it is it's not and then finally I get this big payoff of this person who just cannot stop laughing at me and I'm like oh my god it's working (laughs) you know I'm like I think it's working and that's sort of where we wanted to just you know, it's like an opening and an ending. That moment. I'm assuming
0: that person wasn't the first, the, the last person though, like like it is in the story. It was good. It was like editing wise, it was like, it's a perfect ending to your film, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually can't remember where Cameron was <laughs> in it, but um, we, in that's one of the people who I knew. And Cameron's a friend of mine and a comedian also. And, and I, I knew I wanted to invite them. And I was like, because they also, always laugh at my work in this way that makes me so happy you know I'm like I I need Cameron to come to this to see what I'm working on and Cameron came and of course delivered exactly what I thought would happen
0: yeah that's so uh, yeah it's it's, so, it's it's so interesting it's so like so we so what are you doing you're doing your show in Los Angeles now
1: Yeah, I'm doing my solo show, which is not one and only. It's called It Gets Worse, and it's a lot of the same material. I'm doing it a couple more times in L.A. on October 9th and 13th, and then I'm bringing it to New York, and I'm doing it at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater on the 19th. And then, you know what, I'm honestly interested in working on something else after this show. So I'm really I'm really wanting to explore one and only theatrically and try to get some, you know, funding for it so that it can exist. Because obviously it's such a precarious uh, show. You know, it's like uh, it's not like you can make money off ticket sales, you know. (laughs) So but I really want people to get to have this experience if they want to have it.
0: Yeah. It's so it's so interesting. What did you learn about the the process when you first started, when you did the first time when you're, when you're doing case up for one person at a time, like what was like, did you learn a lot about yourself as a performer?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's, there's this experience that I was having where I noticed myself really wanting to take care of my audience more in a way that I don't really think about when I'm just performing for a larger audience so like I mentioned earlier the sensitivity is ramped way up yeah and and me as a person Sophia um is more present right because I'm I'm like is it going okay (laughs) you know like I have these moments with the person where I'm like hey how are you doing which collapses
0: the show you know you get get in your head right so you take the audience out of the out of the moment I guess right
1: but those moments aren't they're not not the show also because it's still in a theater you know so it's this kind of collapse of performance and what it means to be a performer and an audience member as we like negotiate our roles
0: gotcha so do you think you're a better performer now because of the experience
1: I think so yeah I mean it definitely brings up a lot more questions for me um which is exciting for me as an artist. Yeah, I think it makes me a better performer. I think any chance to explore and push the limits of how we perform. You know, it's like I—I I, I certainly don't feel bad when I'm bombing anymore because I'm used to performing in front of one person who's giving me nothing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have you so so you've you've done different shows? Have you done like with with a group of people? Have you done like sets with, with the um, with the crowded with the crowded like. With a big crowd? Oh,
1: something yeah. Something? yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I, my, my, solo took a long show. time
0: to get to that question.
1: Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. My solo show is with a big crowd. It's like a normal comedy show,
0: you yeah. know. The, but so, basically, so like, I get what you're saying, but I'm just curious if you've, like, if you've gone to stand up and you've, like, done different routines that, that basically, like, since the one man show, like, since the one audience show, I should say. And, like, if you noticed yourself being more sensitive to the audience by doing those shows?
1: definitely and also more courageous in like singling people out okay. <laughs> so it's like I've become like a you know maybe I'm more of a I'm like I'm like the co- I'm like the comedian that the front row
0: is like oh no here we go yeah because <laughs> you know? gotcha. I'm
1: not because I'm not scared of those moments of like hey what's yeah. going on with you you know no
0: I just, I'm just talking from personal experience it's like nothing remotely what you do but it's like when I'm monitoring the festival events and there's like it's a pretty big crowd. I don't even notice anybody. In totally. The crowd, yeah. Right. But basically, so, but then after this show, I'm assuming you start noticing individuals mm-hmm. now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that just, I would assume that, I guess.
1: I do. It makes you more sensitive. But at the same time, it really goes to show it, you know, it's like audience is audience you know and yeah. it's like when the lights are on you and the audience is there and there's sort of a mass laughter or silence it's hard to even pick people out and that's like why I'm interested in that just one person in the middle of the seats is because it's doing all that all that work is already done for me by just them being there
0: Does I'm, I'm curious sense? like I know you guys it a little bit but I'm always curious about like where someone would sit <laughs> It's like, you know, you've been doing movie theater where like you're the only one in the movie theater. You're going to watch this movie by yourself. It's like it's like and then you're going to like we all have our own positioning in the theater, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. And in the theatrical version, people intuitively kind of knew to sit in the middle, but sometimes but I needed them to sit in a certain seat for a light cue to happen. So there was this moment in the beginning of the show where I'm sort of like. Hey, yeah, you actually got to move two rows up, and like, you know, and I'm so, and and the the artifice of the show is revealed in that negotiation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> actually, actually, we're gonna need you two more rows up. You know, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, because it's a show, you know. And they're you're part, actually and a performer. Part of the yeah, it's they're a duet, show, right? You
0: know. Yeah, genius. Yeah. Like I said, so smart. But it's like it's like a great idea that that could fail. Like in the in its execution,
1: right? Oh yeah. And I mean there's moments of failure throughout the whole thing, just like there is in any good comedy or like clown work. Yeah. You know, it's and you always have to integrate the failure so that you can rise again. You, you know, it can't just be good all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, you it's an audio podcast, but you right over your left shoulder there's a picture of a clown. You, <laughs> do you do clown work yourself or
1: I do. Yeah. I do. I'm really I started doing a lot of clown this year i just um did a summer workshop with philippe gollier outside of paris and i've been working with itor basauri and the idiot workshop in los angeles and it's amazing clown is so amazing it's it's this really kind of like undefinable everybody's doing it but they're doing it differently especially in la and um what i love about it is that it's this commitment to the unknown which really resonates with me it's like a total commitment to the unknown and just going for it <laughs> and there's always going to be failure and yeah. with the failure you're able to then win people back but you can't win people back unless you fail
0: yeah it, that's it. both life I guess that's what, how life works too right
1: exactly it feels really personal and spiritual and philosophical yeah. for me honestly
0: Totally, yeah. I, I just, I was, I interviewed this professional clown in the UK about, about six months ago. And he was talking about like how there's an unwritten new rule with clown people that you can't copy the face paint. Like you have to have your own fa- original face paint and you can't copy anybody else's work.
1: That's so interesting. See, I'm not even there yet. I'm not even on that level of like <laughs> getting face paint on. You know, an idiot, which, which is what I'm primarily doing in LA there's not really costume or face paint or anything like that. It's this kind of more raw, like I'm a person off the street or I'm still Sofia, And then like what we can do to generate this kind of like bizarre experience together.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. So tell me about, uh, what did you think about, we sent the audience to you with the audience feedback video. What did you think about what they had to say about your film?
1: Honestly, I was so humbled by it because, you know, I submitted this, film to several festivals and it's like then you kind of try to forget about it you know what i mean because you're like i can't wait all day hoping something happens for this short and then seeing that just made me like oh my god people are watching this and that i i had no idea people were like really watching this and paying attention and and having moving experiences you know from the film and um so I'm just so grateful to get that feedback. It's it's so special and it made me feel like this weird show that I'm doing that barely anybody gets to see in person could and is having an impact beyond its sort of like small ish footprint.
0: Yeah, you have screen presence. Thank you. Yeah, you have you have you have a you have presence. on on screen so uh i wish you the best because i think that you if you want it you have a very bright future ahead of you and like it seems like you're just plunging through and you're like grinding it out and you're doing your creative things and and then uh hoping that for people to catch capture what your your essence i guess right and and eventually it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because because you i don't think you're a quitter so basically i think this is this is who you are (laughs) Talking to you for 20 yeah. minutes, it seems like this is this is this defines you, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I love performing. I love performing. Yeah. My, my parents are actors. You know, it's in my it's in my family for better or for worse. Oh wow!
0: So. Okay. You grew up with it too, so you had that experience of understanding how the game works, I guess, too, right?
1: yeah and I, gr- I grew up with them also being like don't you dare perform this is the worst career you could ever choose and you'll never make money <laughs> you know but yeah. uh, you know in, in spite of it all i'm trying to just keep it focused on my art and i'm not doing it for anybody else you know i'm just like i'm really trying to explore what's important to me
0: yeah and that's and then that, with in the ironic way that's usually success happens right so here's, here's my the experience thing. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, just yeah, just just keep punching away and you'll be fine. So I appreciate your time. Let's talk again when you make your next film or when you become a big success and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. Thanks. 1 2 3 4 5 6 seven, 8